it's time once again for the Complete Inbox Podcast. That's solid range. Well, I I saw the trailer for the new Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, and so it kind of got me like... I thought that's what it was I was hearing, but I mean, the words don't match, but it's like note for note. (laughs) The octaves aren't quite there, but, uh, you know, I'd figure I'd, I'd give it a little bit of a shot, you know what I mean? So... Uh, anyway, welcome back to the Complete In Box podcast. We are on episode eight, Phil. Yeah. In honor of the Loose Thursday podcast, I've got my beer for the night. It is a Founders Porter, so I'm drinking a Porter beer, which oh I don't God. normally Get... drink. Yeah, dark stuff. Well, it's I don't haven't had dinner, so when you drink a Porter, you're literally drinking food. So it's, yeah, drinking some uh, bread, beer bread. <laughs> uh, so maybe I'll eat something after this, but it's just been so hectic. Uh, but before sure. I get into my life, let's let's ask, you know, I was going to ask Phil, anything exciting happening in your life? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, no, but uh, which, of course, will be music to the ears of Riley out there uh, with the Loose Thursday podcast. Um, you know, listen, some I've, I've got some Black Ops shit, and uh, I can't disclose how my weeks always go on here, um, but I got to kind of fake it, and I got to just talk about how nothing happens, yard work and stuff like that. Um, yeah. No, but in all seriousness, uh, yeah, really, it's actually, I've been throwing the week into some some VR. It's been a lot of fun. The wife is out of town uh, yesterday, uh, basically through yesterday into tomorrow. At a, she's up okay. at a conference, an academic Whoa. advising conference, presenting. She did a great job, as I understand it. Nice. And uh, so I've been batching it up. Had some, had a friend from work over last night. <laughs> batching it up. Batching it up. Uh, had him over and got to show him the VR shit and... Uh, I love it because you've used it, um, and of yes. course we might have some time to talk about this later too, but um, one of my favorite things to do is I think a lot of folks, when you tell them that it's this really neat thing, they're like, oh, cool, I'll check it out, but they assume it's going to be just kind of hokey in some way, but then you are- Yeah, something like from life. the 90s in like a mall, in a shitty mall, where exactly. it's like, come check our virtual reality. Exactly. Shit. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then when you put them in there, they're like, holy shit, like this is really legitimate. So I get more fun out of watching people try it for the first time than I get even playing it. So so yeah, it's been a, it's been a cool week. How about you? Uh, it's been very busy. Like you, Ellen uh, is out of town, uh, and she has been since Sunday, and so I've been bacheloring it up too. Uh, but not as like hard as I wanted to. Normally, when Ellen's out of town, like I'll, I only eat hamburgers uh, that are fast food, uh, <laughs> a lot of cereal for dinner. But this time it's been a little d- bit different. In fact, like my game playing has actually gone down since she's been gone. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, it's really weird. I just haven't really been into playing a lot of the Fortnite. I have been playing video games. Don't get me wrong, but it's not to the point where it used to be. I guess maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm growing up a little bit. So I think I think it is well as you know somebody who no longer rents an apartment there's something to be said about how your how your summers are spent like I feel like in the winter besides shoveling when it snows and shit like that your world's pretty much under control but you know like you mowed you had to mow your lawn yeah. before you got I had to mow my lawn like, today yes that shit is real so but here's the thing result, is like I want to mow my lawn I actually love my lawn <laughs> oh. it's which is weird uh and like I'm so into my lawn that we're gonna be, you know, we're going on vacation. We're gonna be gone for over a week, and I had to make sure I hired somebody to make sure my lawn stayed nice while I was gone. So I'm paying cash to somebody I've never met uh, to come mow my stuff, and I'm a little concerned. Go. Yeah, that's I, I like. I think that's very cute that it's con- your concern. You and your you and that little lawn of yours. 
It's adorable. It is. You don't, totes, want, you don't want somebody to manhandle that beautiful thing. But here's the thing: I hate raking leaves, and I think trees are just—they don't need to exist. Forget oxygen and and all those other things. Like I hate trees, hate yep. leaves so much. Uh, I wish they would all just go away. And my girlfriend doesn't agree, and that's probably oh. one reason why we'll never actually get married is because she likes trees and I don't. That's one of the. Be- that's gonna be great. I hope you know you have a conversation somewhere, despondent in a bar. Like just in your like eighth beer, and someone's like, "Dude, what happened to you?" It's like Ellen didn't, you know, I didn't like trees. Ellen did, and my life <laughs> fell apart after that. Just couldn't make it yeah. work. Well, and yeah, I could do that over like a uh, like gin. You know what I mean? Like a glass yeah, of gin, yeah. and just talk about like the the good old days before I <laughs> found a real hatred had, for trees. Yeah, exactly. Before you realized you hated trees. Yeah, there's always that's kind of like that. <laughs> it's it's a serious kind of life changing moment. Oh my God, f trees. I, so much. I just, I don't know, whatever. Uh, they just ruin everything. All right, Phil, let's go ahead and let, let's get into this. Uh, just so everybody knows, this may be a condensed version of the Complete Inbox podcast. Uh, I'm leaving on vacation. I've got a million things I have to do. And I don't know if you know this, Phil, um, if you have somebody in to, to take care of your pets, you got to make sure the house is clean. So there's not just like pack your stuff and head out the door. I mean, you got to make sure your house looks like immaculate, like your parents are coming over. So I've got to do all that stuff. And so yeah, I can't blame you there freaking happening. So let's go ahead and, and let's jump into this. And when I feel like I've had enough, I'm going to end this shit just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Uh, but one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about is so Nintendo switch, which you know that I am a fan of, which I've told many people I'm a fan of. And in fact, Mr. Dry buns, go get yourself a Nintendo switch. They are not going to be coming back with a virtual console. Instead, they're coming out with something totally different. Phil, do you think that Nintendo will feel some real backlash? One, having to charge like essentially a yearly fee to use Nintendo online services. Uh, and two, losing the virtual console, which means you can't buy, say, Super Mario Bros. 3 for five bucks or whatever it was on the virtual console. Uh, do you think this is a problem? No, I, I don't think it is. I think that um, it, I would imagine the approach that Nintendo's taken is obviously they still want to occupy the marketplace with these retro titles, but it's been pretty clear that their little consoles have been a wild success, these little minis. I personally mm-hmm. don't rule out, I have never, I've not read anything or heard anything to the effect of this, but I wouldn't rule out um, the idea that they might even release second versions. You know, um, yeah. if we look if we look back, like the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo both had two hardware, uh, whatever, like versions, right? The one everybody knows the classic toaster Nintendo, and everybody knows just the original Super Nintendo. But they had that like SNES Junior. They had a little top loading uh, NES. I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't think it would be a terrible idea. Uh, if Nintendo, obviously, you're out there listening to this podcast right now. But if you were to just kind of put out a second version, maybe even replicating that hardware design and then putting a whole new set of games because obviously um i think they put was it 30 games on the nintendo and 20 on the super mm-hmm. nintendo there's easily another yeah. 30 and another 20 of great titles out there they could do that with yeah i uh, i couldn't agree more uh actually what i'm kind of excited for is the idea of them actually giving you games for free right off the bat right. so like they're gonna they're gonna give you 20 games with your subscription to the switch and they're good games like on the list is zelda obviously there's talk about sonic being on there as well uh i'm really looking forward to that i think it's good that i can actually 
to be able to play portable Zelda on something it's meant to be played on, uh, I oh, think right. it's gonna be it's gonna be great for me. Because uh, yeah, I love speedrunning right. the game, and I can just play that, pick that up, and play it whenever and wherever. Uh, and I love like I like being able to play a different set of games uh, a lot. So if you're gonna package me twenty games, that's gonna give me more option than if like you know I go out and I spend five bucks on Zelda on the virtual console. Then that's right. what I'm gonna play until I'm just overplaying it. But for twenty yep. bucks a year is what Nintendo is offering, which I, <laughs> is nothing. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's, and for if you have a family, I think they they bump it up to like thirty or something like that, up to like eight uh, users. But still, um, it's it, I think it's an insane deal. I am not gonna really miss the virtual console that much. Uh, I could tell you that I've probably spent on my virtual consoles. I've bought the same games on my virtual consoles probably about three different times. Ugh, if I'm, that's if frustrating. Between, between having a couple Wii's and then a yep. Wii U. Uh, you buy this like I, you know, I keep buying Ocarina of Time because I don't want to hook up my Super Nintendo 64. Uh, I'd rather just, you know, pull it up on my Wii or Wii U and just knock it out that way. Uh, same with Zelda and some other games that I had purchased in the past. So I'm kind of into this. I'm yeah, interested absolutely. to see what kind of games come out, and I'm kind of excited. What if they throw in some like GameCube games? What if I, I can agree. play the the GameCube version of Wind Waker? You know what I mean? Like, I, let let me add it. <clears throat> Yeah, I wouldn't rule that out at all. I think another angle of this whole thing that kind of makes it appetizing really for the software designers are, it's not to say that with the absence of the virtual console that the Switch and really any Nintendo consoles in general are going to never explore retro titles. Really, it's just that they're rather than getting on to this exact same marketplace for all of the games to get whatever games you want, maybe there'll be like a Sonic the Hedgehog collection or something to that effect yeah. where it's it's going to be put together by Sega and the people who make these games, rather than just straight up basically making a ROM file, right, and it's putting it up on the Wii, now they can do a little bit more presentation, a little more packaging, and mm-hmm. you can get a little... I think we've seen where as... Maybe when the retro... Sorry, not the retro. When the um, virtual console first came out, gosh... That would have been on the Wii, and that was back in probably 2000 and, like, what, two? So it's been, like, 15 years or something, or a little bit after that. It was getting on to, like, 15 years, and I I imagine that the appetite for retro games has grown, and there's just more... People are seeing dollar signs in it more than they probably did back then, so uh, I just think it kind of outgrew. Nintendo outgrew uh, the virtual console. So, yeah, absolutely, I stand with you on that. I think it's just a a good direction for them to take. Whether or not it's a cash grab, I don't even think that matters. Uh, I'm just really excited to be able to play these games on my Switch. Uh, right. And have them, like, I can download them. And if they go the route of, like, Xbox, uh, you know, gold or whatever, where you pay, you know, 60 bucks a year, and, you know, Xbox give you two, like, essentially gives you two free games a month, and then you get discounts on other games. Like, I'm totally cool with that, Nintendo Switch. Like, if you, if you adopt a model like that, I don't even care if I can play uh, games online because I've... You know, there's not a big part of me that wants to play Mario Kart Online or some of these other games online yet. Uh, so I'm even if it's just 20 bucks a month and I get discounts on games, I get access to uh, some classic titles on the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, 64, Sega Genesis, etc. I am just all in on this, and I think a lot of the backlash, I it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Other than people maybe who've bought a bunch of co- virtual console games already and you can't port those over to the switch. I can certainly see some frustration in that. Sure. But I mean, it's also an old problem. You know, I feel like it, it's something that kind of comes with purchasing 
software digitally that's dedicated to a platform. It, and that's also why I think a lot of people, you know, it does kind of burn them. But, you know, the, the Switch won't be the last console Nintendo releases. Even in your position, I wouldn't be surprised if you have to repurchase some games five, ten years from now. But, um, you know, it's kind of how it goes. Uh, at the same time, I think they keep the prices of them, obviously, um, pretty approachable. So it, it's not so difficult. Uh, I, but one I thing... Really, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, actually, go ahead. I was, I'm going to kind of take it to a, a bit of a different direction, but it still relates. But, yeah, go ahead. Uh, what were you going to say? Oh, okay. Uh, I guess what I was going to say is I wonder if this changes the direction of something like an SCNS Classic or an SCNS Mini. Mini. I mean, do they just not come out with another version of those and just sort of re-release these things in uh, Switch format? You know, that could be the case. Uh, it wouldn't be a terrible decision, and that actually does kind of lend itself well to what um, I was thinking as well. So there's been a lot of, like, top brass changes at Nintendo uh, recently. Yeah. And so um, we had, after uh, Satoru Iwata was uh, the last, like, I would say, I mean, we've had a president since, but um, he was a president of the company that kind of was around through, I don't know if it was GameCube through Wii U, but uh, unfortunately, he succumbed to cancer, um, and he was only in his 50s or 60s. It was really kind of a sad thing. He uh, was an excellent leader for Nintendo, um, and really, I think, kind of charmed the gaming world because he was unique in that he wasn't just a born-and-bred executive. The guy started at Nintendo as a programmer, and he really worked his way up, and he'd gone on record and said, you know, the games were, like, in his heart. Like, he really... He wasn't in it to run a company, he was in it to, you know, because he knew what Nintendo could do for gaming. Well, after he passed away, um, the reigns, a lot of folks thought they might transition to Shigeru Miyamoto, the guy who's created so many of the, uh, like, the best franchises that Nintendo has, right. and it didn't, um, and instead it went to a man named Tatsumi Kimishima, um, and I, I'm relatively unfamiliar with him, I think he's from, like, he's like the banking sector, he's your typical executive, uh, but in the meantime, I, that was really obviously more of, like, a, an interim president i suppose and it was i'm sure a smart decision we've seen some would just look at the switch you know it was a, a wonderful development for them coming off of the wii u but now it's going into uh the hands of another man named shuntaro furukawa and he's definitely geared uh towards the the uh switch i think it might end up being a nice uh change back to even kind of how iwata was because uh, while he hasn't been a programmer um he has history with nintendo as like a consumer and so mm -hmm. um he's he's a, a really I think he's kind of said he's growing up playing the Famicom, uh, the Nintendo equivalent over there, the Nintendo Entertainment System. And so I know that he's really looking at also success original Wii, kind of really trying to grab those non-traditional gamers. Uh, and that might include, you know, when we think about it, some folks in their early 40s, folks that would have grown up on the retro side. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely with that in mind, I would be the least bit surprised if we see fewer of these retro consoles and they begin to push it onto the switch because he really just wants to get it into homes of people who don't play games just like grandmas and grandpas at nursing homes were wee bowling um out of nowhere after generally shunning the idea of an electronic gaming device so yeah i think uh the switch it i wasn't sure exactly how it was going to turn out um at this point it's just going to print money and it's good i think it it's not printing money in a bad way. It's not like I think about, we talk about EA and some of those other stuff where the money kind of right. makes us furl our brow a bit because it's kind of shady as hell. But no, I think they just created a really great device that is absolutely um, just kind of taken the world by storm. And it's just so versatile. The idea that it's finally the handheld console, like, merge. And so, yeah, really excited. Um, and we'll see kind of where all these shakeups at Nintendo kind of lead us. Yeah, I, uh, oh, God, I just, I, I legit just, I'm actually very excited for September to uh, 
to be able to get my hands on playing Zelda on my Switch, man, it's going to be pretty pretty great. Without having to hack it, that's the most important part. I'm not ready to to uh, to hack my Switch just yet. Yeah, uh, I don't blame so, you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's move back. Let's move into the idea of the NES Classic, which is actually coming back. Um, right. Which I missed the first round of the NES Classic. Because oh, you didn't never... have like three hundred dollars to just go buy one of those fucking things on eBay and or and wait in line for it. I'm not gonna lie, I scoffed at the idea. I was like, mm, pff, why would I need something where I have all every single one of those games? Like I'm fine, you know, like one of sure. those like posh my bougie side of my game collecting is like i could play zelda right now if i wanted to you want to come over and play it like uh but when i got the the it sort of changed my mind after i got the snes classic because i love it i think that's an absolutely great machine to have in my house uh and i i i'm not sure if this means i'm gonna buy an nes classic but let me what do you think buddy you know i i feel like i should um because I really wanted one as well, and I, of course, didn't purchase one because it was just ridiculous. Um, I actually am interested in purchasing the controllers for them, strangely enough. Uh, if the controllers, I'm sure this is kind of like a, a revised hardware, right? Like given the amount of time it's taken since they made the first set of these Nintendo Classic Minis, they basically disassembled the assembly line they were using for it, and this is all tying into where people were bitching because there weren't enough of them, and they basically admitted, well, sorry, we had to dedicate all of our uh, manufacturing lines to the Switch to get that out there. So now that they're returning to producing these, I'm left to assume that there's going to be some revisions to the hardware, and I hope they don't touch the controllers because what's really great about the controllers that come with this NES Classic Mini is they're really, really similar hardware specs to the original NES controllers from like way back. And so, as you know, as someone who collects old gaming hardware, the controllers just go to hell like over the years. And if they're played particularly hard, they get spongy, they get less responsive, they're nicked up and they're rough. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually getting my hands on some of the controllers for the, the Mini just so I can kind of mod, use the hardware like the shell and the actual button stuff to put them on my old original controllers and use those. And it'll be like a brand new controller out of the box. So yeah. that might be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be pretty great. I, um, it's, it's funny that we're bringing this up because uh, the Loose Thursday podcast, I feel like we just should just go ahead and bring I really would love to bring him in on something like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, story time. Riley, during the Loose Thursday podcast, was <clears throat> telling a story about his wife uh, purchasing an NES mini for him. And he's, like, super jacked up. She's like, yeah. That's awesome. Like 18 bucks, or no, 14 bucks on a auction site. Okay. Oh, wow. Don't know if it's eBay. Don't know if it's like Quibids or whatever. You know what I mean? Or Ebates or whatever shady fucking auction sites there are now, where it actually costs you forty-five bucks to buy a twelve-dollar item. That sure, because um, you have to buy the bids. Um, so not really sure if that's what it was or if it was a Facebook auction or something. But anyway, so Riley's like really jazzed up. He's like, "Yeah, dude. Like, I would love to have the NES Classic. This is this is great." And so he goes to play it, and it's like some off-off brand of a Nintendo. And he tells a story about how uh, he tries playing Mario Brothers 3, and he can't finish the first level because it crashes after he gets to the end where they <laughs> have the star, the flower, and the mushroom. Um, you get to pick one when you finish the level. And 
Yeah, it just would just crash. And and you and he's like, well, then I tried Marvelers one, and I couldn't finish the third level. So it's just. Like, oh my gosh. So yeah, did he? So was this like an Nintendo entertainment system, or rather than an actual Nintendo Entertainment <laughs> System? Like a Nintendo. Yeah, I think it might have been a Nintendo. Maybe he got a Nintendo <laughs> instead of a Nintendo. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. but you know, shout out to Danny, his wife for like, you know, trying to hook him up with something nice. You know what I mean? That's right. And it just sucks that it didn't work out. So, uh, all you <laughs> friends listening out there in the podcast world, you know, call your friend rich or text him or even Phil be like, yo dude, this, uh, is an NES classic. Should I get it? I mean, let me look at it and I'll be like, yeah, you can go and get that for 14 bucks. Not some yeah. like. You know, not not to smash Hyperkin, but like, you know, like a even a knockoff of a Hyperkin, like Retron or something like that. Right. You know I mean, it's just because um, Hyperkin, I think, makes some pretty good stuff. Uh, I mean, the fact that you, that you can play on a Retron is pretty cool. So, yeah, that's true. Hyperkin like, didn't always. But I, I concede that as they've been more successful, I think they've obviously rolled. They folded that money they've made back into what they do. And it's yeah, their their products, the more recent they are, have actually been pretty solid. While we're on this topic of the classic NES Classic Mini, what are a couple games that you'd like to see added to this? Oh man, um, as far as like in, apart from what was on the original one. Yeah, so you don't have to give me a new thirty, but a couple games you thought were like, hey, you know what? Yeah, that deserves to be on there. Sure. Well, I think uh, I can't remember exactly what was on the original one. Um, I believe Mega Man Two was on the original one, and and yes. that was one I was just so glad to see. Um, I think. You know, I'd like to see our... I like some of the games that... I don't know. Uh, we probably got another Mega Man game on there for sure. I don't know if it had Ninja Gaiden. I think it did have that on the last one. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of the platformers, just the really solid platformers, would be great to get on there. I think uh, there's probably some room for um, some puzzle games. I know we were talking about Adventures of Lolo. There's a couple of those games that I think sure, um, sure. I would like to see on there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's also a good opportunity, the same way they did right with the Star Fox 2 release like basically mm-hmm. a game that never quite saw production and they they finished it up and got it onto the super nintendo classic i think they could do the same with the original nes with this game called mother they came out for it they had translated it it's uh it's actually the first earthbound game and oh, they actually okay 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 yeah so earthbound's mother too so mother one was actually localized in everything mother of america tell your children <laughs> not to walk my way yeah, dude. Glenn Danzig really is what sets apart games that are shit and are excellent. Not about to see a Have you want to find hair? Sorry, dude, I, just, I can't help it, man. That's true. Once you start singing Mother by Danzig, you're locked in. Like, you can't just jump shit. Um, yeah, so what was really neat is that they, they got it translated, but what sucked in the end is it was just so late in the life um it, it's not a very uncommon story to hear about some of these really excellent titles that hit towards the end of the ness's life cycle in japan and then there just wasn't enough time for that turnaround and a lot of folks at this point were really only wanting to dedicate money and resources to snes titles so this is a story of one of those um but i have played it because it was officially translated by nintendo that's the crazy part um, and so that's just on the cusp of being finished by them, just like Star Fox 2 was. So that would be a cool one, I think, to see them throw on uh, a revised or a, a 2.0 NES Classic Mini. I'd be down with that. I would be very down with that. I think that'd be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm into that. Because uh, I've actually never played Earthbound, but I think I'd like to. Uh, actually, I think one of the more recent 
uh, Angry Video Game Nerds uh, revolved around Earthbound, and he was upset that the game was actually really good. So, yeah, I saw that. Uh, I, he it was a good it was a good shot. It yeah, was good that stuff. was that was really good. So yeah, I, I think uh, I, if they were to come out with uh, games that I need to have, I might be in. Uh, obviously, a new Mega Man game, I think it'd be great. Maybe I'd throw another Final Fantasy on there. Uh, oh well, no, yeah, they didn't, sure. They didn't, uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's make that happen. Maybe you know what would be cool, like a little Samson. You know what I mean? Like a game. I that was thinking the is same thing. Super good, but they but it came out late release and cost a fortune on the fucking internet. Like, give people a chance to play, like, a really good game. Like, that's a really good game. Yep. And I would love to see the look it would put on people's faces. <laughs> the people who really were eager enough to part ways of money to the scale that's required for that cartridge, you know? That's like oh a $500 game or some shit, isn't it? Yeah, and if you want it, the fuck box, that. it's another 500 It's ridiculous, dude. Yeah, good. That cardboard's worth it. Nah, fuck that. I, I, I love collecting the games, but the idea that you'd put like a mortgage payment into a single cartridge is crazy to me. So, um, yeah, I would love to see some of those games that are just impossible to get your hands on because they were again, late in the life in an NES little, you know, not a lot of production on the getting the actual cartridges out there, like little Samson, which is, as you said, just a really excellent game. That's like a really excellent platformer. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of really good games, really, really good games. Oh yeah. Fortnite. You know, we know we talk about Fortnite. Uh, a little bit. We got. We have to keep the people current. You know, when the when the Loose Thursday podcast comes at us and says like, "You guys don't talk enough about new games. You guys should play uh, what's that game with God of War four or whatever." You know what I mean? Like, you Fucking should play complete that. Complete box podcast, dog. This is about old games. It's the old hell, they gotta, they gotta read the they gotta read the notes underneath the the episode. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, if I had a PS4, maybe I'd play God of War. <laughs> Fair enough. I probably would. It sounds like a really fun game. But let's be yeah, honest, if true. I have a PS4, I'm probably playing either the show or I'm going to play a Little Big Planet because that game is a freaking jam. So, yeah, I love that game too. Uh, anyway, Fortnite is back in the news. Uh, but professional baseball players and, and athletes <laughs> are playing this game along with nerds like you, or nerds like me, not you because you're too cool for Fortnite. Yeah, I'm afraid um, so. Well, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, Darius, <laughs> Darius Juice, who was just recently drafted uh, in the NFL, and David Price, who's a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, David Price recently uh, has some carpal tunnel issues, and, of course, the people are blaming the Fortnite. Phil? They're blaming the uh, Fortnite, yep. Are you blaming the Fortnite for a man's carpal tunnel issues, or do you think it's because he throws 100 pitches every time he pitches? I think it is definitely the latter, and I would also go so far as to say that's like the best fucking thing that could happen to Fortnite. <laughs> it's the idea that um, it gets painted in the news as this, uh, ad- apparently it's so addictive that it would take a man who would make X number of million dollars over a few years of his career and jeopardize it to play this game, when in reality, <laughs> of course, you know, that's not the fucking, that's not the case at all. Uh, I think it might have been, I don't know if it was Rice uh, who had said it, uh, but one of the guys who was wrapped up in the news on this shit had pointed out, and I think a very good point to make, it's like, I've been playing video games since, like, you know, 1995. Right. <laughs> like, the idea that suddenly, dick, like... 23 years in, after doing that, now, because I'm playing Fortnite, my that my hand's gone crooked. No, I don't think that's the cause. So, if nothing else, controllers have gotten more ergonomic. Uh, I don't think that he's uh, that's the cause of any sort of repeated work injury or whatever they are. If you're playing the game 20 hours a day and, you know, you de- develop a hot fever, 
Uh, yeah, well, you'd the, have bed sores at that point before you yeah. get fucking carpal tunnel. Right. Uh, right. I, I really think so. There, people are always looking for a reason to like put something down, and parents will find right. anything to like be like, well, little Jimmy hasn't been outside in a week. I better figure out what the hell's going on. It says that uh, sure. David Price here's got the carpal tunnel. You're going to get the carpal <laughs> tunnel too, Jimmy. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like they find new shit to like. Right. Exactly. Uh, and I should. Yeah, I like, totally agree. I shouldn't defend Fortnite because it, it game is super addicting. And, oh, my God, I have to tell you the story. Um, so before Ellen left, we're uh, disagreeing landed. about trees. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm talking about trees and I can't wait to kill them. Meanwhile, she'd love to kill Fortnite. And <laughs> so before Ellen leaves, I'd be playing some Fortnite. Like she had some work she had to do in the office and stuff like that. And so when she's doing that, like, yeah, I'm going to jump on and play Fortnite with B-Muller. Um, and I'm going to play with Reed and whoever else wants to jam on the Fortnite. Uh, but apparently I had gotten to the point where I was getting a little too excited for her to go in her office and work because that meant that I could go play Fortnite. And she didn't really appreciate that. And so we're lying in bed. <laughs> we're lying in bed. And I was like, hey, you know, I just want you to know I, I love you. And, and it was trying to be really sweet and just uh, overly mushy at that point because, I don't know, I just felt like it. Yeah. And she's like, she had said something. And all of a sudden she goes, you play too much Fortnite. And I was like, what? <laughs> no. At first I was like, this is who you da- started dating. Like, you know who I am. You've seen all my video yep. games. Uh, yep. But then I was like. Fuck. Like, you're right. I do play way too much Fortnite. I really do. <laughs> uh, but not as much as other people. But I was looking at the number of hours that I've put into Fortnite, and I probably could have beaten Final Fantasy VII a number of times over. That's how many hours I put into Fortnite. Wow. How many? Well, let's, let's share with the world how many hours are we talking, Rich? Uh, we're talking right around 100 hours so far. Okay. All right. That's not um, so bad. But if I bet if we were to ask b we should get b in here right now and just be like, how many hours of Fortnite have you put in? That dude puts in a solid eight to ten hours a night playing Fortnite uh-huh. uh, since it came out. And that dude has oh, a wow. child. You know what I mean? Like that dude just loves the Fortnite. He's, oh, I bet. He's streaming right now. You can catch him out. You can catch him out at Twitch. Catch him out. You can check him out at twitch.tv <laughs> slash B Mauler. That's B-M-A-L-L-E-R. Now I'm starting to throw some Gotta love catch to him Twitch out. Be mall. <laughs> you can be a mall rat on his channel. He just became a Twitch affiliate, so now you can subscribe to his channel. He's very excited. Very excited. Awesome. Uh, have you yeah. ever had any, any things like any games get in the way of like your like personal life, sex life, anything like that? You know, uh, I don't think so. Uh, maybe I have, and I just don't realize it. Uh, I will say I'm gonna pick on my wife a little bit here. Uh, my lovely wife, by the way. Um, she has a game that she enjoys playing. So she was ne- she's not really a gamer, um, or she never really was. And then, of course, we began dating, and it was kind of sink or swim with video games with me, really, because I was playing them a lot. And so um, I really went out of my way to try to find some games uh, that I thought she would enjoy. And we found some along the way, like some of the ones I think that she really enjoys. You mentioned Little Big Planet earlier. She loves that game. It's an excellent mm-hmm. game. Um, she also likes uh, some of the weird ones that I like, like uh, Katamari Damacy, just kind of some goofy... Ah. Goofy games like that, I think. Who uh, doesn't love rolling shit over? You know, rolling right, over shit. Right, I agree. Uh, yeah, you got to be dead inside to not like that game. <laughs> um, and so she another like another game is called Tokyo Jungle, and we we played that quite a bit. But she is, it's been revealed, um, and I'm sure as much as it is to me, it's been revealed to herself that she is a completionist when it comes to 
these games. Oh. And there's one, yeah, and there's one game that has towered over all of the other games that she's ever been interested in. That game is called The Binding of Isaac. Okay. And uh, specifically, the uh, we had the original for years, um, and then we've now we've got the one that came out a couple years back. Called, it's like an updated version of it called The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth. And it's a really I'm sorry, filthy, did you say Afterbirth? I said Afterbirth. Um, it's It was originally Rebirth, and then a new version of it came out, and then logically, of course, Afterbirth. So, so the they used is, Afterbirth. I'm, so hold on. Yeah. I need to, let's, let's rewind this for a second. Afterbirth. Right. The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, have you not played the game? No, I'm more worried about the Afterbirth. Oh, it's hideous. No, I mean, listen, Afterbirth is aptly named. The thing is filled with, it's mostly like satanic it's ideology. Phil, so it's filled with placenta? Violent, like blood, guts, just awful shit. Cysts, it's horrible. Cysts. <laughs> yeah. Did you just definitely. say cyst? It's filled with uh, cysts? cysts. Yeah, not S-I-D-S. <laughs> not ride for SIDS. No, it's, no, no, no. Cysts. No, like... C-Y-S-T-S. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good game. You would actually love it because really what it is. If, if Wait, you just told me it was a bad game. Of, I'm so confused. Is oh, no, it's a great game. Sorry. It's bad in terms that it's like just pure evil and it's repulsive. The gameplay okay. itself is really, really, really good. It's basically a Zelda dungeon crawler, uh, like a roguelike that generates okay. new right. levels all the time. But you're basically in a Zelda dungeon. You're just bombing through walls and just trying to get to the boss room and go on to the next level. It's excellent. And, yeah, she loves it. It's one of those things where I think for her, um, probably not so unlike you with uh, Fortnite, is it just a great way to, like, you get really good at it, and it's just a great way to blow off steam to just kind of sit down for anywhere from 15 minutes to, like, 35, 40 minutes and just get some of that gameplay in. And so, yeah, she's been playing that for, for a couple of years now. And we both have. I've kind of gone away from it because that game is brutally fucking hard. Like, it's bullshit hard, and I fucking hate it. Uh, she, though, has enough patience for it, and she is just willing to unlock every little thing. And, I mean, we're talking, we're into the hundreds of hours now at this point over a couple Damn. years. Which, yeah, which I'm really impressed by because, I don't know, I think the normal assumption is that the lady, the, the better half of us game-playing dudes out there is that, of course, they wouldn't be that interested. And it's not to say that they are. But for her with Isaac, uh, she loves it. And so, um, yeah, uh, she's been playing that for years now, and I would be afraid to go and look in Steam as to how many hours it's run, but I would, I would say it's probably <laughs> around 500 or more. That is the best. Yeah, it's and awesome. I wish, awesome. I wish I could put a timer on Ellen and the amount of uh, minutes she's, an hour she's wasted playing Angry Birds and oh. also, uh, like, Candy Crush. I'm like, there listen, you, you play these games too. Like, you're a gamer too. You're a nerd just like me. You just do it in a different way. She's like, I'm a nerd. I'm out of lives. It's fine. I don't. I can put it away. Oh uh, no, she's off. She's off. She's wrong. She's she got called <laughs> out. Afraid, I'm afraid um, she's falling into the trap. That's the thing. Is because what happens? I don't know. I just think back in the '80s because you know she's our peer. She's she's our age. Mm -hmm. She's a millennial and she's on the older side of the millennial side. And yeah. back then, yeah, dude, video games one were for boys. Two, if you played them beyond age 12, you were ostracized as a nerd, kind of. Yeah. And so I think obviously now it's become clear that they're just really great fun. People of all ages are playing them. People of both genders are playing them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, dude, you just, I think you got to find her Katamari. You got to find her, uh, her Isaac, get her into something that's off her phone. And um, well, I mean, see, she, she loves, she, love I mean, she loves playing Mario and Sonic with me. I mean, we play that. Oh, there you go. We get a chance. So and toy story on super Nintendo, which is fun. Um, awesome. Yeah. So 
Yeah, we. I mean, she plays games. She's just and we. Uh, we got into like the one-two switch game, which is pretty funny. Uh, there, uh, which is if yeah. You want a good? I've laugh, seen videos of it. It looks awesome. Right. You, if you want to laugh with your significant other, partner, or whatever, dude, one-two switch is a straight-up jam. It's so much fun. So much fun. That's awesome. Uh, so Phil, I kind of want to end this podcast not right now, but after you tell us a little bit about your adventures in the Skyrim with the VR, because yes. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. I've actually been hyping myself up watching Twitch VR streams, VR chat streams, which if you ever are bored and got like 10 minutes, watch a freaking VR chat stream and just see the trash that comes out of people's mouth. Oh, mind. I bet. It's so oh, good. Oh, I bet, dude. And then you can see oh, Ugandan Knuckles looking all like messed up and, and everything like that. <laughs> There's nothing better than an internet yeah. racist meme walking around talking shit. So Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah that is really like... If there's if there's ever like aliens come here after we've all died, if they need to really get just to the core of whatever humanity was, I think whatever whatever sludge uh, found its way into VR chat it would probably be a, a great study for them. Yeah. So, but with the VR, um, to kind of give a little bit of backstory on it, I've got the um, HTC Vive. It's for um, the PC. And actually, what's really kind of cool, Rich, is I got it. Um, you were like the third person to try it like it was really cool it synced up well with the visit you had mm -hmm. and uh you were able to come out when this thing was basically just out of the box it was and, the goddamn best um, yeah. time i ever had yeah it is so crazy um i think that there's this feel that it's going to be a gimmicky thing um you know it and it, of course it would be because it's just nothing else has been like it and so i have a hard time explaining to people just how realistic it feels but the best way i can do that for those who haven't used it is that when you think about what would be the biggest obstacles when you're going to get into like a VR environment? The first thing you think of is, uh, well, if you're going to move or you're like step forward, step back, squat, stand up on your tiptoes, like some of those movements aren't going to be tracked. But what's really cool about the Vive is it's got these two external like laser arrays. They call them lighthouses. And so they not only will match like what the headset would, would catch, which is generally just like twisting your head, tilting it and rocking it from side to side. It will actually track you walking into a room. And it's not even like it tracks your steps. It will track the slightest of movements, as you'll remember. And that's really what just totally immerses you. And there's no lag. Like what you see with your, you can like look at the controllers in your hand and you can wiggle your hand and you'll see the controller move exactly mm -hmm. at the rate your hand is moving. And so there's no disconnection between what you're seeing in the game world and what you're feeling underneath your feet and, you know, in the palms of your hands in the game. So it's really just amazing. Uh, the other big feeling you get out of it that's kind of hard to articulate to people is the space that it tricks you into feeling like you're in. So I've got it set up in my living room, and it's an okay, it's a, I'm a smaller size living room. I live in an old house. No, really it's make not a small living room. You've got then. a pretty decent sized living room. Decent sized living room, yeah. Um, and so it's it's probably got like, I don't know, 12 foot ceilings, and it's probably, you know, 15 feet one way and 10 or 12 feet another. And so in the middle of it, I've just got it all blocked off into there. So. But when you put that headset on, you go from being what's obviously the feel of a room that's 12 foot tall and about 15 by 12 um, wide and long. But you get in there and all of a sudden, like, you could be in a space as large as an airplane hangar. And it really feels like you're in a massive, massive environment. And so just the way it really kind of fucks with your brain, um, the way it can kind of trick you, um, has been a lot of fun. So all that said, to kind of amp up how much I love this Vive thing. I haven't really played it a lot uh, since I got it. I got it about a year ago, and 
it is certainly a lot of fun. It was basically, I had joked just after I bought it because it was pricey, and, and of course, and I was like, it's basically just ended up being like a fucking super expensive Guitar Hero, but, right? But also, it's, like, a, it's not talk. a thing you play by yourself either. Yeah, like you can, but it just doesn't, yeah, that's kind of where it's all Guitar Hero. Like, it's fun to, when you have company over to kind of pass this thing back and forth, share mm-hmm. some beers, shoot the shit, and get some laughs. Yeah, it's totally great for that. It's like a perfect for that. Case in point, uh, Super Bowl at uh, Reed's Place. It ended up being basically like a a fucking Disney World. Like it basically everybody just kind of waited in line and got a chance to go take a ride on this thing, and, and it was a lot of fun. And it's just because it's also just really well-tuned for that type of environment, just a lot of people around just getting some laughs. So that said, I haven't really played it much on my own. Um, and the games for it so far, it when it really first came out, it's probably more apt to describe them as experiences rather than games. Hell, half the time that is what they describe themselves as. Um, because there's not really a game in a traditional sense of you picking it up, trying to get to an ending, and actually having some gameplay to it. It's mostly just kind of fucking around. Now, that all changes with a couple of games that have come out. Uh, I haven't played Fallout VR, Fallout 4 VR. Um, I heard it wasn't great, but I heard it wasn't bad. But I've also heard that it's really taxing on your computer hardware, and it just doesn't run very well. So when Bethesda, the people who make Fallout 4 and that whole series, they also make the Skyrim series or not Skyrim series, whatever they're called, like the something scrolls, Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Um, so Skyrim came out in 2011, and it's really, by today's standards, a game you could pretty much run on a fucking phone, you know? Like, it's really, it's, you could run a bare-bones vanilla on just about anything. And what that's so great about that is that for the extra oomph that's needed to really take this in a 3D environment, my computer, which is, is no slouch to have to run it in the first place, but it just does it seamlessly. And it's finally like a real traditional AAA title in a game. It's not just, here, fire a slingshot and the, the exit, here, shoot a bow and arrow. Like, it's really like a game that has some substance to it. Okay. So, um, yeah, so to kind of explain, <laughs> I've had some adventures in it um, that have been pretty funny. Uh, so I got, a, I got it going, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I was traf- uh, trekking across the hills of, of High Hrothgar or some shit. <laughs> Um, and, uh, as I'm going over there, Into the mines of uh, Moria. yeah, exactly. Uh, I hear, a. well, first I see like just a couple of dead bodies torn to shreds and I hear like a <laughs> bear roar and I turn around and, uh, uh, there's two bears coming at me. And at this point in the game, I've got it set on novice cause I'm really just playing it to have fun. Right. And you know, I, I want my wife to play it and enjoy it and other people to come over. Like, n- nobody needs to have it on hard mode and get their shit kicked like they're playing uh, whatever that, uh, whatever, soul, Dark Souls or something, you know. So I just pull out the weapon and I start hacking at them because so far it's been like two hits to an enemy and they're dead. And so I notice it's just chipping away their, their health and I look down at mine and it's just getting killed, like just being slaughtered. <laughs> and this so is the I first enemy encounters a goddamn bear, right? I mean, the- yeah, exactly. Um, and as a bear would, it just starts whooping my ass. So um, I hurry and I scurry up, basically. I teleport up on top of this uh, bluff that's nearby. And I'm just like, holy fuck. Like, and, of course, they come right up to it. And now they're jumping up at me, uh, clawing at me. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get back to town? Um, and I don't want to have to die here, but you can't just kind of split. Right. So I realized, oh, wait, up on this bluff, I'll just get down on my knees and just start smacking these fuckers with a, my hammer on top of their head until they're dead. Um, which worked, but what's really going on while this is happening is basically you end up with a freshly 36-year-old man on his knees in his living room at midnight on a Saturday, banging his controller into the floor, um, which I'm sure was 
quite the fucking sight. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been stuff like that. It's been fun. Uh, one other thing that I just thought was really cool, even though it's totally cheesy to admit it, um, I ended up in one town, and there's just a river kind of in the middle. And I thought, yeah, cool, let's just go walk in river and see what happens. And I got carried away with the river. And it was basically like tubing. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of slowly floating down a river, and I'm looking around, and as you can recall, um, the graphics in the headset and everything is great. So it was actually like a really scenic, cool, chill uh, way to spend like, you know, five, ten minutes getting to the next town. Uh, just kind of tubing along in this little Skyrim world. But what ended up happening too is there were some uh, waterfalls. And the undertow near the waterfall would actually suck you under and then basically just throw you out the side of the waterfall and you'd fall, okay. which is all fine. It was good. Um, until uh, a couple nights later, I found a different river, did the same thing. And uh, it shot me out of the waterfall, and I looked down, and there was no water below me at this point or land for a long drop. And that was the first time I died in Skyrim. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a lot of stupid fun, but at the same time, it's finally a game uh, that I think does justice to what kind of VR headsets are, what they can represent for really how gaming can go. So, uh, yeah, just in love with it. Um, and it finally, it took... The, it took it from being just like a Guitar Hero fun party game uh, to being something that I'm, you know, as soon as my wife goes to bed or something and I can kind of wander around the living room with this shit wow, all strapped in my head. Wow, the living room beat the shit out of your floor with your controller. I'm sure that... Exactly, yep. And and so it's been... I've been playing this more than I've played games in a while. Like, I'm already into like 15, close to 20 hours on it. And all within a VR headset, which is... I can't say the same at all for any other games for it. So it's just been a blast. That's pretty great. I think that uh, yeah. I would I would love to be getting involved in more of those adventure game types. Like I would love to do like a Sky. I've never played Skyrim, but I bet it'd be a jam. Or Dark Souls would be oh, a jam love it. playing something like that. Uh, although one of the things that bothered me about like Zelda Skyward Sword on the Wii is you had to use your arms and wave your sword around, and that's just I don't know if how I would feel about that if I had to do it in in VR world, but it, may, it might be a little different since it's a first person thing and it maybe actually feels like i'm i'm holding the sword or, or something because I, I know yeah. when it when you shoot a bow and arrow with the vr that it actually feels like i mean you feel the tension in your arms even though you're just literally pulling your arm back and letting go like you feel the tension in your arms which i think is kind of neat so i'd imagine you get the same yeah. visceral experience from something like skyrim yeah i'm afraid really i think it's it seems like so far it's been unique to the bow and arrow. I wonder if it's just because of the motion you're putting through your arms as you kind of just, you're pushing one hand forward that's holding the bow and then you're pulling the other hand back that's got the, the back of the arrow. I haven't noticed the the heft trans, uh, transfer over to the sword. Okay. Like, uh, cause I completely agree with you. Like that bow and arrow stuff, you do feel it in a way that um, is unique, but it's still, still all said, it's still immersive enough that, um, yeah, even if you don't feel the weight on it, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. One thing that's funny about that game that got me cracking up. So uh, my wife is, uh, she's like, I think, five months pregnant at this point. Um, Shout out to babies. It's also very exciting, of course. What's that? Shout out to babies and baby mamas out that's there. That's right. Shout out to babies everywhere, yeah. And babies' mamas' mamas. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she uh, didn't really want to walk around and do this whole thing, so she wondered if we could just put her like in my office chair because at least that's on wheels and it can spin. So the best part, though, is that it, it goes by the height based on where the floor is. And so at this point, she's kind of going through a crypt fighting these zombies, but she's, like, at belly button height. And it was just funny as hell 
like I'm just imagining like this this uh <laughs> whatever this this Nord this warrior just kind of scooting around some crypt in a in an office chair just scooting. Well, now and it's just like a dwarf paladin. It's fine. Yeah. Yep. And you know, I just think the VR in general, like beyond that, this finally being like a really great gaming uh, experience. Uh, I'm hearing all the time about kind of some new developments. I don't know if I shared this with you or not. One of the really kind of neat things I'd heard about with VR that is getting some adoption is with uh, NFL teams, and I'm sure college teams, and who knows, probably even down to some high school teams with serious money like those in Texas. But we know that the the coaches are going to have athletes watch game film, and they're going to have them watch it so they can really kind of practice and imagine their routes. Yeah. Well, what they're doing now is they're having, like, the analysts or people on the team, the techs, get in and basically codify the game uh, game footage into, like, football players in simulation. And so now you can put the VR headset on and be in your natural position on the field and then watch the play, you know, go where you would be if you were participating in it. And it just kind of gets you more immersed and it helps you identify what to be looking for in routes and all that. Just a really cool, oh, like, holy shit, of course. Like, go through your yeah, like a really and stuff like that? It. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, yeah, instead of having to always see it from basically a camera that's up in the air and on the sidelines, now you get to watch how the play would go. You're still getting the how the motion would go with the routes on the field, but you're able to see it while you would be in the position where you're, where you're located on the field where you'd be if you were actually playing the game, basically. VR is not some hokey thing anymore, folks. Like, it's no, not it's anymore, pretty real, it's, man. It's real it's, shit. I remember when you had me first use it. I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I got the shit scared out of me by this little eyeball and then you had me walk a plank <laughs> and i couldn't physically do it because it scared the shit out of me because i thought i'd die so it's crazy right it's uh but i think mostly what i'd use it for is vr chat because that stuff makes me laugh so much oh yeah for sure speaking of which All i was like when i was going through some twitch channels i happened upon this vr chat and i think it was designed more for like adults only and this man this like anime looking man was behind a woman feeling her breasts it was uh <laughs> really weird i did not feel comfortable while I watching it yeah i won't lie i i'm sure there are there's pornography out there oh man well here's a here's an example of some terrible shit so i was telling you about how we can put mods on skyrim right mm-hmm. and that's what really has updated it and made it look visually way better um than it had in 2011 so one of the mods i put on was to update the non-player characters in the game, get the faces right, and just kind of make it look a lot better because those haven't aged very well. And the mod I put on there, it was just like the first result of that mod. I just clicked the top one, and I didn't realize it was a nudity mod in addition to just updating them. <laughs> and so I have Kate playing it, um, or it's not. it wasn't necessarily nudity. It was basically if you were to go and like kill somebody, right, you can check their possessions, and you can take their clothes or their sword or their money, whatever they've got on them. But usually when you take their clothes, it leaves them in their underwear or some sort of kind of like loincloth, you know? Uh, right. But for whatever reason, uh, because of this, she goes into the crypt and starts uh, just kills this chick, takes all of her shit, and then get, exits out of the screen where she had basically fleeced her and taken everything she had, and then there's just some naked dead lady on the ground. And it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? I don't, why is there a vagina in this game, Phil? So yeah, that was, I had to roll that update back. You've crossed into the dark <laughs> side, my friend. You found the dark I, corner of the internet. I love it. 
I guess so. But like I told her, I don't know. I feel like you can like ice cream and you can like pizza. They don't necessarily need to go together. I feel like <laughs> if you're playing Skyrim yes. so you can get your rocks off looking at naked video game ladies, you got naked dead bigger ladies. shit to worry about. And yeah, naked duck. Yeah, dude, naked dead ladies. None of it's, none of it's legit. So uh, call, shout out to whoever it is that put that mod out. I, you know, first off, number one, I guess. Number two, why don't you fucking change the order of that shit? Because most people by default probably don't want naked lady dead bodies. Or naked dude dead bodies. Probably not. Uh, in that game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's good. I'm glad you're having fun with it. And I uh, and when I visit next, I can't wait to, to dig a little bit into it, dude. I absolutely loved your VR machine. And I, I, I love every time I've used it. It's pretty great. Awesome. So um, I think we're going to go at... I think I've reached my point, Phil. I think I'm uh, at that. Okay, Rich, you really need to start getting some stuff done. Uh, so your girlfriend yep. doesn't kill you when you come home when she comes home so um completing box podcast make sure you check us out our friends over at the loose thursday podcast um where this week you can listen talk to a solid 45 minutes about potato chips phil i wish i was kidding about that (laughs) a solid 45 to 60 minutes about soda and potato chips uh real quick phil what is your favorite potato chip it doesn't have to be potato chip it can be uh, any chip you know what i'm it's kind of hard to land on it, but I would say it's probably the Ruffles original, but it's got to have that Lipton onion soup mix dip. Those two oh, put together okay, are, so, are okay. the shit. So you, but that chip needs an accessory. Okay, if I can't do accessory, put me down for the sour cream and onion Pringle. Okay, right on. That's a good chip. That is a good chip. Um, for me, <laughs> uh, I'm probably picking the Buffalo Ranch Doritos. That's a chip that does not need any extra, but... A sour cream or a French onion dip goes really well with said uh, buffalo, blazing buffalo ranch or whatever they call it now, Dorito. I just love Doritos. So anyway. Is there a part of you that is really sad when you purchase a chip that um, somehow has a tie-in with a Call of Duty game? Because you fucking know that whatever that Dorito (laughs) is is definitely going to give you a coupon to Taco Bell afterward. (laughs) But I'm down with that. Like if Okay, so I don't eat Doritos because I'm bougie as fuck. Like... I eat Doritos because they're goddamn delicious. <laughs> I mean, I don't give a shit if it's associated with Halo or not. Like, I just drink Code Hashtag Red, Hashtag right? Doritos. Hashtag bougie as fuck. <laughs> bougie Dorito. Give me that bougie Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Excellent. I-, I can tell you my girlfriend's favorite chip, too, while we're here. It's a the Hot Lay's. She loves Hot Lay's. Just a regular oh, Lay's dude, chip with, with the hot sauce on it. She's a, she, that's, that's her jam. That's usually what we get when we go yeah. on road trips. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the go-to food. Oh, yeah. That oh, that's Twizzler true, man. Deals. Yeah, all right. Then one last thing I'll say then. My fucking road trip thing. I was craving it the other day, um, but I couldn't bring myself to buy it because there were no road trips in the near future. Combos, man. Oh, I don't, yes. I don't like combos. I love those on road trips, though, but otherwise I think they're – I'm ashamed to eat them. If I, if I just brought those home and just snacked on them, I'd feel like shit. But if I'm in a moving vehicle, I'm like, no, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't Dude, know why that is. Uh, you know, I love every combo. I don't think I've come across a combo that I dislike. Even oh, like dude, the seven layer like guacamole combo is a jam. Like I just love it. I absolutely love it. That's brave. I dude. guess what I'm saying is I spent too much time on the road eating combos. <laughs> which explains a lot. Uh, but yeah, check uh, them out on the Loose Thursday podcast. They talk more about they talk about more than just chips, but uh, certainly I enjoy chips and I enjoy conversations about chips, uh, which is which is pretty great. Um, just real quick, the loose th- or the complete we're the complete inbox podcast. Uh, we'll be on hiatus next week. 
Uh, I will be on vacation, living it up, hopefully. Uh, I've got reservations at a speakeasy, Phil, believe it or not. Like, I'm ready to get real oh bougie. The, yeah. I'm if also, you forget the password at the door, do they not let you in? No, you have to. The only way to book this place is through a secret text message. Yeah, it's like that's how they did it back in the in the 30s. Yeah. So, Nucky secret Thompson text messages. from Boardwalk Empire actually yeah. responds to text messages <laughs> right now. Uh, but I'm going to like a, but, I, I go to an old school Italian joint off the strip. Like I've got a nice, nice little date date day planned when I'm in Vegas. The first day we're out there, couples massage, dinner in an Italian joint, uh, reservations at a bar that the drinks cost fifteen dollars. You just tell the the bartender what you like to drink, and they'll make something for you. So um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm actually time, very excited for that. It's gonna be a really, really good time. But excellent. What means that we won't be back until after Memorial Day. So we'll see you then on the Completing Box podcast. Check us out, obviously, on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, uh, wherever you do the podcasts. Um, But, yeah, we will catch you next time. Phil, enjoy your week. I will see you next time. Sounds great. Have a great trip, Rich. Talk to you later. Later.